just like to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon every single person here right now. And please give me words that will console the brokenhearted. And Jesus, you have told us where two or three are gathered in your name that you are present in their midst. Just ask you to wrap your arms around every single person who is mourning and grieving. And no one knows sorrow like Our Lady. We just ask for her intercession as we mourn and grieve and pray for the repose of the soul of Anne as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And we make all these prayers in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On behalf of my brother priests, on behalf of the parish here, uh, we wish you all our deepest condolences as you mourn and grieve the loss of Anne. I can't imagine what you've all been going through, especially, Bill, you and your children, uh, losing your father and now your wife. Our hearts ache for you. Just a few words of advice as you mourn and grieve, because it's one of the hardest things to do in a world that seems to be rejecting God, rejecting Jesus, rejecting the good news of the gospel. Just a few things I would encourage you all to do for one another, because it's so easy to go through the motions and be in robot mode, to be in autopilot and to try to numb ourselves and not allow ourselves to feel the passion of Jesus, the passion that Jesus went through to purchase our salvation. As you move forward, there are going to be holidays that come forward, and you're going to realize grandpa's not there, dad's not there, grandma's not there, mom's not there, my wife's not here anymore. And that's really important as you move forward as a community that you lift one another up and you ask, how are you doing? And there's no way that anybody could say I'm good. I'm fine. And it's important to really acknowledge and listen to one another and see how you're doing. Because how could anybody be doing well right now? <laughs> to say I'm fine or I'm good would be not acknowledging what's truly going on in my heart. And the Lord calls us, Jesus calls us to be him to others. That's the life of a Christian in the highs and the lows, in the mountains and in the valleys. And as you go forward, it's important to pray for one another. And just pray, come Holy Spirit. It's the simplest prayer we have in the Catholic faith, in the Christian faith. And sometimes when you pray that prayer, as you're going through your days, you'll notice people's names will come up. And the important thing to do is to take a risk, which is also called faith, to take a risk in faith to call that person, not text them, to call them and to ask, how are you doing? I was just praying and your name's been on my heart all day. How are you doing? And even if the Holy Spirit says, 
you know, are, are you eating well? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there any way I can support you to lift you up and to be Jesus to you? Because it's so easy to just say, I'm fine and I'm good. But again, how could anybody be good right now? Broken hearts, looking for hope, and praying for a deeper sense of understanding to know where do I turn to when things are going poorly, when my world has literally been rocked as of late. Why would we have a reading on the wedding feast at Cana for a funeral? The whole reason that the first miracle Jesus ever performed happened at a wedding because that's God's original intention for all eternity is to be in communion, to be in deep relationship with you because he loves you. To be in deep relationship with Jesus because he loves you. And it was the sin of Adam and Eve that separated, for the first time ever, God from his people. And that broke the Father's heart. And then we started to see what sin did. We saw addiction come in. We saw pride come in. We saw distrust come in. We saw gossip come in for the first time ever. And it broke the Father's heart. And throughout all of salvation history, God sent his... Sent, uh, he sent his, 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 himself through his spirit to different men to make covenant, to, make, to bring this relationship back together through Noah and through Abraham and through Moses and through David. But every time the guys got it wrong, sometimes men, we can be a little bit thick-skulled or hard-hearted. So how did God get it right to help you and I in our brokenness to bring us hope well, it came through a woman. We have Eve, who was disobedient, who said no to God, who didn't trust him. And then we have Mary, the new Eve, who said yes to bringing Jesus. And this should blow our minds with mystery. Because Mary had God now in her womb, the God who created the universe, who created the stars, who created the heavens. And for the first time ever now, God could love me and you with a human heart. For the first time ever, God could now love me and you with a human heart. And now we get to this wedding. Jesus is now 30 years old, roughly, theologians tell us. And the disciples are now there for Jesus' first public miracle, happening at a wedding, knowing that this is on purpose, because, God, again, God wants to be one with you and me. And the wine ran short. The mother of Jesus, of Jesus says they have no wine, which means they've lost a sense of joy. They've lost a sense of healthy intoxication of the Spirit. And she brings that petition and Jesus says, woman, being the mother of all mankind, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother says to the servers, do whatever he tells you. At a deep, deep level, what's happening here is Mary knows that if Jesus 
does this miracle, and Jesus knows if this miracle happens, this is the first sign that Mary is giving Jesus to say, you can start walking to Calvary to die for your sins and my sins. Mary is giving Jesus permission to purchase your death on the cross. So you have to imagine the, the struggle, the fear, the tension that was going through the mother of God. Because this miracle was going to upset people. Because now people are going to know that alcohol isn't going to make you happy. It's not going to satisfy your soul. Impurity with others and with self is not going to satisfy your soul. Money is not going to satisfy your soul. Material things, cars, trucks, whatever, it's not going to satisfy your soul. And only the love of Jesus is going to satisfy the ache in your heart. All of us have a hole in our heart. And we try to fill it with so many things. And most of the time, what we're trying to do is try to numb our hearts. But our hearts are not meant to be numb. They're meant to be loved. Not just when things are going well, but when things feel broken and shattered. And I believe Anne would understand this scripture in the sense of the head waiter. They had six stone jars there filled for ceremonial washings, which means there's dirty water. And that's what you and I have done with our lives when we avoid God. Our lives get dirty, and then we think we're dirty. And Jesus is like, no, I can clean you. I can cleanse you. And Jesus tells them, fill the jars with water. Fill them to the brim, which means Jesus wants to fill us to overflowing with his love, with his hope, with his joy, with his presence. So they told, they, they told, they, then he told them, draw some and take it to the head waiter. So the head waiter obeys Jesus. Which again, where Eve was disobedient, now we see obedience and the effects of obedience. And the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine. And I believe Anne tasted that wine on earth. Somehow, by the grace of God, she was able to experience the love of Jesus. And I know, in my time with her, that she loved Jesus. She met him. He wasn't just an idea. She encountered him, and she loved him deeply. And because she loved him deeply, and she saw people who didn't have the wine, who were just drinking water, who were just numbing themselves, it broke her heart. I had many conversations with her talking about that ache in her heart for people to come to Jesus. When you and I come to experience the wedding feast, when we come to experience the love that God has for us, nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to the wine that Jesus wants for us. But it comes with a cross of suffering, of deep suffering when you encounter people who reject God, who reject love. And sometimes it's because we think that I'm not good enough because something bad happened to me. That's a lie. Thinking I'm not, I, I, I could never go to the wedding feast. Some people think if God really knew me, by the way, he created you, if he really knew me, he would reject me. But no, he, he says, come to the wedding feast. And some people believe that they're damaged goods. It's too late for them. It's not a mistake that you and I are here. 
It's not a mistake that you and I are here. We're called to mourn and grieve. And as this miracle led to Jesus' crucifixion, who is there faithful at the foot of the cross? Your mother and my mother, the mother of all creation, our mother Mary. And in this month of September, Holy Mother Church, in her wisdom, has named this Our Lady of Sorrows, the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. Because she's probably the only one who can relate to you right now with what you're going through. As she saw her son being crucified, suffocating for your sins and my sins. But the thing she had to do is she had to let it take its course, the suffering take its course. As she heard mercy come out of her son's heart. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I almost guarantee you that Anne wants us to come to reconciliation with God. She told me about division in the family. She told me about the pain that, that pride caused in the family. And she said, I would do anything for my family to be reconciled. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody here, but in a strange way, death has a really powerful way of putting things in perspective. All of a sudden, money doesn't matter. All of a sudden, all the material things don't matter. What does matter, why we're here, is that it's Jesus and what he has done for Anne and for you and I. By Jesus dying on the cross, he purchased your soul and my soul because he'd rather be with you for eternity in the heavenly wedding feast than without you because he loves you. And Anne knew that love. And when you and I avoid that love, it leads to deeper depression. It leads to deeper hatred of self, deeper judgment. But when we accept that love, we know that death doesn't have the last say. And when we live in accord with that, with that love, we know that we will see Anne again. And we're here to pray for the repose of her soul. Because if her soul is in purgatory, if there's any unconfessed sins, anything she didn't get taken care of, which I'm sure she's fine, but if there is any chance, we're here to pray for her. And to know that what unites us now is the cross and the Eucharist. The cross and the Eucharist. The most beautiful thing in the Catholic faith for me when it comes to funerals is the communion of saints. It's also not a mistake that this parish is called All Saints. There's a motion that a priest makes at every single Mass and this is the motion. It's called the epiclesis. He calls down the Holy Spirit, all of the angels and saints that are in heaven, as he begins the process of, of praying for the bread and wine to be changed into the body and blood of Jesus. And when those saints are there, if we pray for Anne to get to heaven, that means... When you come to Mass, when you pray at adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in front of the Eucharist, in a mysterious way, Anne is there. And one thing Anne loved was adoration. Because then you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. You're never alone. 
That's why she loved the Mass, because we have the communion of saints of knowing that Holy Mother Church says there is no goodbye. It's I'll see you later in heaven. And the beautiful thing is we also believe that you can talk to saints. You can communicate with saints, which means in a mysterious way, because God loves us, you can still talk to Anne. Only an evil God, a mean God, a bad God would put someone in your life and then rip them away from you. But if, if Anne makes it to heaven, she'll be more alive than she is when she was on earth. So the beautiful thing is, my friends, that death does not have the last say. That is the good news of the gospel because Jesus conquered it on the cross and rose from the dead. And now we get to participate in praying for Anne. And we also are at the heavenly wedding feast. We are at Cana right now. At every single Mass, we are at the Last Supper and we are at Calvary. And when you come down the aisle to receive the body and blood of Jesus, you are the bride. And before you, in the hands of a priest or the hands of a deacon, is the bridegroom. And then we all get to become one at that point, which is why we call it communion, to know that we're never alone and God will always be with us. And if you're Catholic, God will be in you to console you, to listen to your heart so you can tell him what's going on, that you're not fine, you're not okay, you're not good. Maybe you just miss her like crazy right now, but to know that the Lord loved Anne more than you will ever love her. And to see her go through her last periods of suffering broke his heart more than it broke yours. And those little check-ins that I encourage you to do were modeled primarily by Bill. Every day, Bill would text me how Anne was doing. Because then we could pray. One thing is priests, we get to lift you up in prayer. Our job is to pray. So when you see a priest at Mass and his hands are up, what he's doing is he's lifting all of your prayers up to the Father. Because that's what priests do. We offer sacrifice. We hold you up. We lift you up with our prayers to support you as much as you support us. So it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you all and to know that now my encouragement would be to turn to Our Lady, Our Lady of Sorrows. Sometimes we just need our mom. And saints throughout the history of the church, St. John Paul II, he lost his mom at a very young age. And he turned to Our Lady, and he said, you must be my mother now. And very shortly later, John Paul II would lose all of his siblings, his dad, by the age of 20. And he didn't harden his heart. He would later go through the Nazi regime in Poland and go to seminary underground. He'd later become a priest. He'd become a bishop and then the Holy Father, the Pope. And he was even shot in St. Peter's Square by a Muslim man. And his life was saved by about an eighth of an inch. But he went back to forgive. 
to be Christ to others. He forgave that man. That man converted to be a Catholic Christian. That is the power of the gospel. That is the power of the Eucharist to be people of mercy, missionaries of mercy. And to know that as St. John Paul II is in the cloud of saints, the witness of saints, the witness, witnesses, the cloud of witnesses, that is what we're here to pray for Anne to become in that cloud of witnesses, to know that she will always be with us in a mysterious way because love does such strange things and death has a powerful way of putting things in perspective. So in an odd way, there is hope before you to know that death does not have the last say. And no matter where you are currently at in your faith journey, I can almost just guarantee you, Anne is praying for you. Taste the new wine. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want to know joy? Do you want to know true, authentic love? Then look no further to the cross to know that you don't need to be afraid anymore because he purchased it on the cross. He purchased it all and he sealed it in his resurrection. And he said, you can share that with me to know that this world is not it. We are just pilgrims on our way home. At the foot of the cross is your mother and my mother. As you all mourn and grieve, my encouragement to this community is to continue to check in with one another and to not be afraid to take risks in faith. Because time will come when a person's name comes to mind and you're called to just take a risk in faith and call them and say, how are you doing? How can I support you? Because that's what the mystical body of Christ is called to do, to be Jesus to others. As we offer this Mass, we are all here to pray for the repose of the soul of Anne, but also to pray for whatever grace you need to persevere. So the question is, what do you need right now? Not what do you want, but what do you need? Do you need to know that you're loved? Do you know that everything's going to be okay? We're just called to ask and then respond by doing whatever Jesus tells us to do because those are the last recorded words of Mother Mary. We take a moment of silence and we place our petitions, our desires, our needs on the altar. And as Father John will call down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine, we pray for that bread and wine to be transformed into the body and blood of Jesus but also for our despair to be turned into hope, our fear to be turned into faith, our anger to be turned into peace, our individuality to be transformed into a community. God will be here in just a moment on this altar in a special way. And Anne knew that. She believed in her heart it was really Jesus. And that's why we're all priests, to feed you with hope, to feed you with love. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. To know that you never be, need to be separated from God. That's not God's intention. He's always with you. And that's why we have the reading of the wedding feast in Cana. We take a moment of silence to place those on this altar.
and to ask Mother Mary to be with us, to wrap her mantle around us, to console us. Because some of us are without a mother, and we need a mother. And there is no mother like the mother of God. Because by her, yes, she allowed God to love us with a human heart for the first time. What a gift it is to have this Catholic faith. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.